Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. This is episode 180, episode 180, I think. Um, And we're two days away from Christmas. I thought I'd come in here and give you guys a great pod before Christmas. Um, the NBA, NBA season, uh, NBA season, opening night, NBA opening night was last night. I enjoyed those games. <clears throat> gonna break down those games also i did not forget i'm gonna talk about a little bit of week 15 what happened my biggest takeaways from week 15 um talk about those fraudulent stillers you know it, it, it everything is coming full circle now everything is coming full circle with these stillers i'm gonna tell you I, i'm gonna tell you another harsh truth about the stillers um and like i said um top 10 teams top 10 nfl teams and I'm going to, you know, breaking down the NBA. I'm going to be breaking down the NBA. I can't wait. Can't wait. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I hope everybody out there is going to have a good Christmas. <clears throat> hope everybody gets what they want, you know. Even if you don't get what you want, it's the thought that matters. <laughs> but but nevertheless, let's get into it. Let's get into it. And what are we going to start with? NBA, NFL. Let's start with the NBA. Opening night was last night. Let's start with the NBA. Most recent. So, um, we saw the defending champion Lakers go up against the Clippers. Uh, the battle of L.A. once again. You know, <laughs> the battle of the battle of L.A. once again. And the Clippers won last night, uh, 116 to 109. Paul George was certainly the star or um, the headline of last night's game. He had 20, I think he had 26 second half points, having 33 points in the entire game. He played pretty well. Um, Kawhi didn't really shoot the ball well, but, you know, did, no, did enough, just did enough. The Clippers, the story of the game last night between the Lakers and the Clippers, and by the way, the rings, the ring ceremony that the Lakers did, the, you know, the Laker families did, you know, that was great. That was, that was good to see. That was great. And the rings look gorgeous, of course. They look gorgeous. But. The story of the game last night between the Lakers and the Clippers is that the Clippers came out in the first quarter and they they built a gigantic lead. Um, and, and, and from that point on, it was the Clippers' game to lose. The Clippers had firm control of the game. Um, at certain points, like at the in the second quarter, you know, the Lakers had a pretty good second quarter. The Lakers had a pretty good third quarter. But they were able, they were always able to get it tied up or get it close. But they never had, they, the, the Lakers never led last night. And the Clippers, like I said, the, the moral of the game, if you did not see the game, the story of the game was, hey, the Clippers had a good first, they had a good first quarter. They built a 22-point lead. And that was, that was pretty much the game. That was pretty much the game. And rightfully, I mean, I'm not – I mean, the Lakers, don't panic. If you're a Laker fan, don't panic. Uh, the Lakers, they, they had 71 days off. And I, this is no excuse, but this is just the mere fact of, like, this just the, the reality of it. The Lakers had 71 days off. Um, They're going to come out – they're going to come out a little sluggish. 
Uh, they, they, they got they added some new pieces. Um, that, that Dennis Schroeder he played pretty well. Montres Harrell played pretty well. But they added some. But nevertheless, they added some new pieces, and it's gonna take some time to gel, especially with LeBron. And we all, I think, I think it's kind of pretty clear that LeBron, you know, he's cruise, he's in cruise mode. You know, he's in cruise mode. So I don't, I don't, I, I'm not worried about the Lakers. Um, and I and I think the Lakers are still obviously the favorites to win the West and to win the championship. So that's that's that that's not clouding my judgment. Last night is not going to cloud my judgment about that. But I must say, um, Paul George did play well. And after the game, of obviously people hit me up and say, "Hey, Paul George played well." And I'm like, "Yeah, he did. Paul George played well." I need to see Paul. I need to see that same Paul George in the postseason. Um, he he played he played really well last night. He was very efficient. Um, pick pick and chose his spots really well. Paul George looked really good last night. Um, and like like and I, there's no like, I'm, you're not gonna overreact to one game, right? You know, <laughs> the Clippers once again. The Clippers, if you if you if you've forgotten, the Clippers beat the Lakers opening night <laughs> last year. They, so so like there's no there's the, you know there's no there's no stamp after this game there's no approval stamp after this game <clears throat> the clippers um the surge you know the serge ibaka acquisition was a pretty good acquisition um i think he's going to be pretty impactful he's he's a he's an upgrade i must say he's an upgrade for Montrez Harold offensively he's an upgrade um and defensively cuz you know he's a Good shot blocker, um, and then you look at a guy like you get, look at guys like Luke Kennard and Nicholas Batum, and let me tell you this: Batum is a guy where he's gonna take off the responsibility, the playmaking responsibilities. He's gonna take some of that away from Kawhi and Paul George, and that should be easier in those guys because those guys are scores like. Those those guys are scores. Kawhi has gotten better as a playmaker, but he is a score. He's a score first type of guy. He's a score, and the, the and it's two ways to look at this Nicholas Batum because the first way you can look at it is hey, Batum was a guy in Portland who who was a really good starter in Portland, like a really a, 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 like a really good start quality starter in Portland. He took the money, went to Charlotte, and just like disappeared. He he like he he just disappeared off the like just off the map. And he didn't, and quite frankly, he didn't play well. And that led to Charlotte signing Gordon Hayward. And they just basically brought out, they brought out Nicholas Batum and they said, hey, go to any team you want. And he told the Clippers. So that that could it could be it could prove to be very beneficial to the Clippers, you know, with him and his playmaking uh, abilities and so forth. He had been able to take the he take take some of the responsibility out of Kawhi's and PG hands. Um, and Luke Kennard once again another shot creator, another guy who can make a shot, nail a shot, create his own shot. So that so the Clippers, I mean, they're still missing a point guard. Um, a guy, you know, they're still missing a pure point guard. They need their the late the Clippers are still missing a pure point guard. But you know, if you're a Clippers fan, I wouldn't get too excited. Um, you know, this is what this is your team. I wouldn't get too excited. I'm just I'm just not too excited about that. I mean, if you're a Clippers fan, you shouldn't be too excited about that game. 
You shouldn't. And I mean, it, I, I understand if you get, you know, but like, like you know, for you for your dads out there, I'm a, uh, this this is this is how this game felt last night. For your dad, for your like the dads out there, if there's any dads out there listening, you know how you like play wrestle with your with your son, and you know you let your son beat you up, you let your son, you know, you know, get a stranglehold on you, and you know. It, for your dads out there, and you know, you you, you play wrestle. I'm not a dad, <laughs> but you play wrestle, <laughs> and you know, you let your son, you know, let your son beat you up a little bit. Ah, uh, all that good stuff. That was what the Lakers. That was that was the that was what the Lakers let the Clippers do last night. You know, play wrestle. You know, the Clippers. They're the little Clippers. Ah, uh, yeah, you got me. You got me. That was that was that was the game last night. That was the game last night. That was the game last night. And I'm not, you know, this is this is game one of the regular season. Uh, I, like I said, I expect the Lakers to be in better condition, better shape, um, because they, they weren't in shape. Like, they, they weren't ready. Um, LeBron wasn't ready, and that's fine. They, they had 71 days off, so that's fine. This is the shortest turnaround for any sport ever. The stat... The NBA this year had the shortest offseason this year, ever. They had the shortest offseason. So we get it. And I think and I think most people, for the, for the most part, they understand. It's like understandably. You know, it's, it's understandable. So let's move on to the Nets and KD and Kyrie. Those guys look pretty good. 7-11, those guys look pretty good. You, you see what I did there? 7-11, you know, KD wears 7, Kyrie wears 11. Okay, okay, okay. Not funny, not funny. Okay, okay. I tried, I tried. But Kevin Durant, KD, um, you know, he's back. <laughs> he's back. He 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 he's back. Um, we, so Kevin Durant towards Achilles. We all know the story, but he hasn't played in a, almost nearly six hundred days, and I mean Achilles injury. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I had my I had my questions. I wasn't I I didn't have my doubts, but I did have my questions. And I asked, what version of Kevin Durant are we gonna see? And um and I was asking that like last year. I was asking that like during last season. I saw him doing preseason, he looked pretty good. I saw him last night, he looked pretty good. So, what version of Kevin Durant are we going to see? Well, the only version of Kevin Durant we're going to see is the only version of Kevin Durant that we have been seeing. <laughs> that is the Kevin Durant we're going to see. The Kevin Durant that we're all used to. The Kevin Durant that I think, for my money, he is the most uniquely gifted scorer of all time. And what I mean by uniquely gifted score, I mean this guy is literally seven foot seven. He he stands about. I mean, they say six ten, six eleven. It's a damn lot. The dude is seven foot tall. He's seven foot tall. He stands at about seven foot. He can put the ball on the deck. He can score every which way. 
You cannot block his shot, and he can pull up from about 35. I, I mean, <laughs> easy, easy, and he can drop 30 in his sleep. So for my money, everybody like James Harden. Yeah, you know, I like James Harden too. You know, everybody like all these different types. No, no, I mean, these guys, these are great scores. Kobe was a great score. You know, Kobe was a hell of a score. You know, James Harden, great score. You know, great scores. But for my money, Carmelo Anthony, great score. But for my money, Kevin Durant is the most uniquely gifted score that I've seen. And he's the best score of this generation. That's just my opinion. I look at the ways he can score the basketball. Uh, he's truly a unicorn. He's the best scorer of this generation, and that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion. He can score every which way. He can score every rich, every which way. So Kevin Durant is back. He is back. There's no doubt about that. Kevin Durant is back. And, and and I must say, like, I'm not, like, the super Kevin Durant fan. Like, I'm a fan of KD. I like KD. I like his game. But I'm not, like, the super KD fan. But it was a, it was, it was a, it was a good sight to see one of the top 13 greatest players ever to be back on the floor. That was a great sign to see. And he was back, like, he was back healthy. Now, obviously, you know, like, he shot 7 for 16. You know, you know he was a bit rusty and so forth, but that doesn't matter. He, he's going he's gonna, to he, he's, he's get it. He's going to get his ribbon back. He's going to get his ribbon back. In Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets, as I assumed, you know, if you did not listen to the previous episode, um... I made, you know, I, I did an NBA preview with the MNR show, Ron from the MNR show. Um, and I, I, you know, we both predicted that the Nets are the favorites to come out the East. I had the Nets coming out the East. And last night, I feel pretty confident about that one. I feel pretty confident about that one. Uh, offensively, this team, offensively, this team should not have dry spells. Offensively, this team should not hit dry spells because, I mean, just the offensive versatility that this team has and that they possess, it's amazing. And it was it was great basketball to watch. And, and like, they have, okay, you have Kyrie, KD. KD is back. Kyrie is a magician with the basketball. You have Steve Nash as a coach. Oh, yeah, and, and Mike D'Antoni as an assistant coach. You have all these other pieces, Spencer Dinwiddie, Curtis LeVert. You have all these Joe Harris. Joe, I, I, I guarantee you Joe Harris is going to be a fan favorite. Joe Harris is going to be a fan favorite. He can absolutely shoot the lights out. He can absolutely shoot the lights out. You, you have all of these pieces, Jeff Green, Torian Prince, all of these pieces. This offense should not hit a dry spell. <laughs> I mean, this offense, they're going to – I'm willing to almost bet that they're going to have the highest offensive efficiency this year. Curtis LeVert is probably going to be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Joe Harris is going to have a really good year because he's going to get a lot of clean looks. And, you know, Kyrie and KD, they're going to do what they're going to do. 
they're going to do what they're going to do. Also, Kyrie, I, I was very critical of Kyrie a couple weeks ago or like a week, a couple weeks ago when he was talking about the media and how the media is pawns and, you know, all, all that good stuff that Kyrie likes to talk about very often, you know, that stuff. But uh, there's no, like, this guy can ball. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving is a, is a baller. He is a he his his the skills that he possessed for um a, a a small guard with his finishing ability and the jump shooting ability and we all know he has a great handle. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch. And uh, when Kyrie like and I told you guys, Kyrie gives me that sense. He gives me that feel where like any room he walks into, he wants to be the smartest guy in that room. Now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but that's just the that's just the feel, that's just the vibe that I get. But when it comes to on the basketball floor, he's a he's an absolute magician with the basketball. There's no doubt about that. And you know, look, given how the way they looked last night, um, I, I'm still pretty confident about them coming out the East. Now, defensively, defensively for the Brooklyn Nets, that is going to be the key. Defensively. Because offensively, they're going to be the best. Offensively, they're going to be the best. But defensively, how good are they going to be defensively? And I and they they, they they got shot blockers and DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen. I'm a big fan of Jared Allen. Durant, you know, before the Achilles injury, and Golden State, those were his best defensive years. We'll see if that carry is over. But defensively is the big key for this team because I think that that's that's going to be the difference between them getting to the finals and competing in the finals to being a potential you know Eastern Conference team that loses in the Eastern Conference Finals. That that's the difference. If they're able to play defense at a, it don't have to be at an elite level. It can be at a at a good level because I don't know if this team is going to be elite defensively. I don't know. Um, I, I can't really judge it last night because of, you know, obviously the competition, you know. But I but I don't know if I can say this team is going to be elite defensively. But offensively, they're going to be elite. <laughs> they're going to be elite. Offensively, they're going to be elite, and that's there's no question about that. But defensively, I can't put my hand on it. Um, and I think, I don't know, I, I, I can't say they're going to be elite. I don't, I, don't, I, I, I just don't think they can be elite and and, and and you guys can come at me if you if you think I'm wrong but I don't know if I think they're elite they may they may give a lot of aggression on defense they may very well be a good defensive team but are they going to be elite defensively I don't know I don't know because that Laker team last year they were elite defensively but they had like the makings of you know of the but get this the Lakers team last year what made them so good defensively especially in the interior they had shot blockers Brooklyn had shot blockers but I don't know if, I, I I just don't think Frank Vogel is a defensive minded guy um, Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni Mike and Tony they're not that <laughs> they're not that they're not defensive they're not defensive gurus okay but. Are they going to be elite defensively? Are, how how was that defensive side of the basketball? How does that look? And I I had my questions, but Brooklyn look really good. They look really 
good last night. Really good. And before I move on, I'm going to give you some more about that Clippers and Lakers game. First, let's, let's let's do it from a Clippers standpoint. From a Clippers standpoint, low key, that game last night was semi important. Because and I'm and the reason why I say it, it was semi important because get this, the like, like I reiterate once again, the Clippers in the first quarter had built up a 22 point lead. And, the, and we all understand the Lakers came out sluggish. Um, the ring ceremony, and, you know, they came out a bit sluggish and so forth. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trashing the Lakers for that. No, they, they, they're fine. They'd be okay. But for the Clippers to build up a 22 point lead, um, and, 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 and not only build up a 22 point lead, but offensively in the first quarter, they they were flowing. It was a lot of player movement, ball movement, getting out in transition. They were flowing. They were flowing offensively. And and for like the second and third quarter, they got back to that that like that that isolation play that they did a lot last year. And they let the Lakers get back in the game. They let the Lakers the, the Lakers also get, you know, great credit to the Lakers. The Lakers turned it on. They like, "Hold up." Let's you know let's 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 not like get get this thing out of get get too out of hand, and the Lakers they 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 got back in the game but they never took the lead and you know from from that point on from the first quarter and and on you could tell the Clippers were gonna win the game and so forth, but that was important because the Clippers that's how they lost the Clippers last in the in the postseason the last time we saw the Clippers they gave up a three one lead. And in all of those elimination games, they had a double-digit lead. And if they were to build up a 22-point lead on opening night versus the def- versus the defending champions and then lose the lead and the Lakers win the game, that would have been crazy. And we would have been – and a lot of people would have been really skeptical of the Clippers today. They would have, they would have been very skeptical of the Clippers today if that would have happened. But not only that, also from a Lakers standpoint, you can see the confidence that a guy like Catavius Caldwell Pope and Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis always plays for confidence. But a guy like KCP, you can see the confidence, Kyle Kuzma. You can see the confidence in those guys after winning a championship. And that's what a championship does for you. So the Lakers, I'm not – like I said, I'm not worried about the Lakers. I think the Lakers would be fine. They're, 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 they're still the big – they're still big-time favorites to win it all this year. But you can see the confidence that those guys were playing with, and that's what a championship does to you. Like it's that it's that chip off your shoulder, it's that monkey off of your back. They play with a lot of confidence. KCP he had a big time second quarter. Kyle Kuzma had about 14, 15 points off the bench. Um, and you know the bright signs of it, they still have to gel and get their chemistry together. But but guys like. Dennis Struder played pretty well in his Laker debut. Montrez Hurl played pretty well in his Laker debut. The, the 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 key guys that they brought in or that they, you know, they that they brought in this offseason, they played well. 
And, you know, it's going to take time to gel and so forth. But I'm not worried about the Lakers. And the one thing, the one minus for the Lakers, if, if I was like to point out a minus, and it would, it, it would be Marc Gasol. But I'm not even worried about Marc Gasol because they bought Marc Gasol in for, like, crucial times, for, like, crunch times, and that's that won't come into the playoffs. That won't come. They, that's why they bought Marc Gasol in. That's why they bought Marc Gasol in. So he was, like, the only negative. He got in foul trouble early. But other than that, the the, the Lakers, they're going to be fine. They're, 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 they're core guys. Their core role guys that played some critical minutes down for the, down the stretch during that title run last year, you can see the confidence last night. I saw the confidence um, while they were playing last night, despite the loss. So I know I made um, a pod. I, I, I you know, the, the episode I did last week. I think I did. I think I did an episode last week, and I and I titled it or my editor, you know, whatever. We titled it The Harsh Truth About the Steelers. The Harsh Truth About the Steelers. That's what we titled it as. And I did get, I, I, I mean, everything I meant last, you know, that on that episode, I mean, everything I said, I meant it. I mean, I meant it. But this is, this is the real harsh truth about the Steelers um, after their miserable loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. A Bengals team that was just bad. I mean, it's just it's just it's just a bad football team. But I'm not gonna bang on it too much because the Steelers faithful. It's already it's already cracking at the seams. We already know that this Steeler team is fraudulent. We know we know this team. We know with the the there's no more there's no more like tricking us or you know tricking everybody else. Steelers didn't have me fooled. The Steelers didn't have me food, but there's no more getting like there's no more in between. They're fraudulent. They're fraudulent. The Steelers are fraudulent. But let me tell you the harsh truth about the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, he played absolutely horrible last night on, on, on Monday Night Football. He played absolutely horrible on Monday Night Football. And what I and what I predicted for that game on Monday night. I thought that game was going to be a game where the Steelers get back on track after two tough losses. They're getting prepared to play the Colts um, this upcoming week and now Cleveland the last week of the season. And I thought, you know, you know what? They got two AFC playoff teams coming up. You're going to beat this. You're going to beat your you're going to beat your division rival, your, your division foe. And you're going to you're going to you know, you're going to have some confidence going into these two games, these last two games versus playoff teams. And Lord and behold, the Steelers just wet the bed. The Steelers wet the bed. There's no way to get around that. The Steelers wet the bed. But let me tell you this about Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger, as I predicted, um, that that surgically repair elbow as it got as it, as it's getting colder and colder and the weather is getting um let's just say colder, <laughs> um, this doesn't look the same. He doesn't look the same. And also, I was looking at his passing chart throughout the season. Um, or at the beginning of the season, I was looking at his passing chart. And he just completely has a no. He's just completely 
ignored the middle of the field. Everything is outside. Nothing is like nothing is in the middle of the field. A lot of his attempts, a lot of his completions are on, like outside the numbers. And now what teams are doing now, what 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 the second what secondaries are doing now, because Steelers can't run a damn ball. So like front seven and front the the front seven of opposing defenses don't have to do much because the Steelers can't run the ball and everybody and their grandmother know the Steelers are not going to run the ball and they and they can't run the ball. So with what secondaries are doing now, DBs are pressing up on their receivers because they they know their receivers they're not going to beat them deep every time. The, they, 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 the secondary know, defenses know, defensive backs know that the Steelers aren't going to go deep. They know that their, 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 their offensive their offensive system, schematically, it's elementary. It's elementary. And now defensive backs are pressing up, and they're just, they're just hovering over these short and intermediate routes. And, it, it, like, they have like the like defensive backs. They don't have no fear uh, towards these towards the Stiller offense. And I'm not. I'm and this is no like. I'm not saying the Stiller's receivers aren't good because they're that's a talented bunch. But it's it it, it speaks to my point about Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roth. Yeah, you have talented receivers, but Ben Roethlisberger can't stretch the field and and beat you over the top. And defenses are not worried about that element. So and you and you often think to yourself, okay, a struggling offense. What can you do to get some easy completions? Oh yeah, play action passes. Well, you really can't. The play action isn't really effective because nobody believes you're going to run the ball. So there's like the play action. The play, the whole the whole gist of the play action play is you're giving the defense two thoughts. Is first. Oh yeah, this team's gonna run the football because they're they're faking. You're faking like you're gonna run the football, but really you're throwing it. But that is the whole gist of the play action pass. You're trying to get the defense to you're you're you're, you're trying to make the defense think that you're gonna run the football, <laughs> but the Steelers can't run the football. So defenses know they're not gonna run the football. So the play action pass isn't effective. So you're probably like Isaiah. What does what what do the Steelers do? What do the Steelers do? They do nothing. The Steelers don't do nothing. This is a the the Steelers problem. The problems that they're having. The reasons why they're losing. It's not like schematically. You can't change things schematically with the Steelers team. This is personnel. This is some personnel. Your, your 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 line play, your offensive line is not physical at all. They had they had they. Had, I mean, I, I kid you not. They had Cincinnati's defensive line looking like, looking look, look. I mean, just looking like uh, like like the '85 Bears. So your offensive line isn't physical. You cannot run the football. And also, Ben Roethlisberger, your quarterback, can't stretch the field. He can't stretch the field. And defenses know it. And defenses are not afraid to play up close on your receivers. And we all know your receivers are talented. We all know Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I'm going to get the Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm going to get them. We all know they're talented, but 
defenses aren't afraid because you're not gonna because the receivers are not gonna run by you. The receivers, you're not gonna be able to beat them over the top. So the Steelers have personnel issues. And you can't like this is the team. This is the team that they have. This is the team that they're stuck with. You can't change that. The Steelers, they have personnel issues. It's nothing schematically that they can do. And now their defense is taking a hit. There's nothing wrong with the Steelers defense. I mean, they got some some important guys out. They have some marquee guys out, Devin Bush and Bud Dupree. They got some important guys out and injured. But the defense is now getting wore out because the offense, you know, it, the offense is either putting them in bad field position like they did on Monday Night Football, or the offense is they're having quick drives, three and outs, they're turnover football, and your defense have to be back on the field. Simple as that. Simple as that. Now let's let's move on to Juju Smith Schuster, the TikTok star. He's no longer an NFL star. He is a TikTok star. Juju Smith Schuster is a TikTok star. And I, I hate to be this guy. I hate to I, I I really do. I really do. I really do. But I hate to be the old man that says, oh, that that you know, you know, you, you guys know that old man that says, oh, get off my lawn type of guy. I hate to be that guy. I hate to be that guy. And I got so many questions about, oh, should Juju stop posting on TikTok? Should Juju stop dancing on logos? Should Juju stop, stop doing what he's doing? Yes, Juju, stop it. Stop it. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. I, like I said, I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the old guy that says, get off my lawn. I don't want to be that. But Juju, stop it. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. First, you're getting popped. I, 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 and I, by the way, if I was a like if I was an opposing team and I had to, you know, cover or play against Juju Smith Schuster, what the Cincinnati Bengals did, I, and, and and by and by no means. I don't want nobody to get it. I'm not wishing injury or, or you know, I'm not wishing injury on nobody. But that, that like, what Juju, what happened to Juju, he got lit, he got lit up going across the middle. That's what needs to happen. He'll stop dancing. He'll stop dancing. But Juju, it's not only the, it's not only the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster is dancing and he's putting it on TikTok. First, I think too many young players and this is this this don't this don't go for Juju Smith Schuster. This goes for young players. Too many young players are putting the fame before the game. They're putting the fame before the game. And early in the season, I saw Juju doing this. It, it, it's a it's a it's a TikTok challenge. Corvette, Corvette. I, I I seen it. He was he's been doing it all season. And you know what? It's not getting. It, it wasn't getting talked about early on because the Steelers were you know they were hot. They were winning games. You know, nobody wasn't caring like that. We, we, you know, focus on the wins. At least, I, I, I mean, I wasn't, but people were. I knew I knew they were fraudulent. But, you know, he's been doing this the entire season, but now it's catching headlines. Now it's catching headlines, and people are talking about it. Because you know why? You know, you know, you know why? 
Steelers are losing. The Steelers on a they're on a current three game losing streak. But I think too too much nowadays. And and once again, I hate to I hate to sound like this guy, but too much nowadays. Young your players are putting the fame before the game because the reason because Juju's the reason why you have all of this attention on TikTok. It's because you are a professional football player. You are you are a great athlete. You are a great athlete. But you are no longer a star receiver in the league. You are you're, you're, first you're a mediocre receiver, if not be if not below like mediocre, but mediocre, you know, I'm a I'm a player nice, mediocre. And now you're just you're 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 known for your TikToks. You're not known for catching passes. You're known for your TikToks. You're known for your TikToks. Simple as that. But let me let me let me give you guys this number. I'm gonna give you guys these numbers right here, Juju Smith Schuster. So get this. Since the departure of Antonio Brown, since Antonio Brown has left the Steelers, Juju Smith Schuster has one. He has only one game. Where he has a hundred yards receiving, <clears throat> hundred yards receiving. He has a hundred yards receiving. One, he has a, he has one game of a hundred yards receiving since Antonio Brown has left the Steelers. In the last two years, Juju Smith Schuster is averaging less than 50 receiving yards a game over the last two years. I'm going to repeat it. Over the last two years, Juju Smith-Schuster is averaging less than 50 receiving yards a game. It's not like this guy is Devontae Adams. He's not DeAndre Hopkins. He's not Julio Jones. Hell. He not even Chase Claypool. He not even, he, 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 he's not even the best receiver on his team. It's a distraction and 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 and, and, and by any means. I, I'm a, I'm I'm pro, I, most of the time I'm pro player. I I I or well, I should say it like this. Not most of the time. I try to be pro player because they are the product. I try to be pro. I try to be pro player, but it's just to a certain degree where enough's got to be enough. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, enough got to be enough. I mean, last two years, Danny Amendola has more receiving yards than Juju Smith Schuster. Enough has to be enough. Enough has to be enough. Stop it. Your team, this first, your team is on a three-game losing skid, so it's a distraction. Juju Smith-Schuster's productivity, you're not productive. You're not productive. I don't know how, as a receiver, and, and, and once again, I know I'm not a professional athlete. I don't play receiver and so forth. But I can only imagine, as a receiver, 
How can you have the mental fortitude, the mental capacity to do TikTok dances on team logos where you're only averaging less than 50 receiving yards a game? How can you? Because if I, I, I once again, <laughs> I know some people might get offended, like, oh, you, but if I was a receiver and I was averaging less than 50 receiving yards a game, and I'm doing all of this, and I'm and, and I'm a well, I'm a well-known name, because Juju Smith Schuster, he's a he's a he's a household name. I think that's fair to say. He's a household name. And I'm I'm I have his same productivity. Uh, what? I would I wouldn't be thinking about dancing. I wouldn't be thinking about TikTok. Who cares? Who cares? But it's not only just Juju Smith Schuster. I look at a guy like Dwayne Haskins. I look at a guy like Dwayne Haskins. And I kid you not, and I'm not going to reveal my sources, but I was told that Dwayne Haskins, he lacks work ethics. He's not the first one. He's not the He's not the type of guy that is the first one in, last guy out. He's not that type of guy. That's what I heard. I've heard I I this is and I'm not going to like I said. These are my sources. And I got the scoop. But he is not the type of guy where he should be at the strip joint. And and, and by the way, let's look at this let's let's evaluate the situation with Dwayne Haskins. Because Dwayne Haskins, you are a you are a second-year quarterback who, I mean, let's just be honest. Let's just put it like this. You're, you're terrible. <laughs> I mean, you're terrible. Dwayne Haskins, you're, you're, I, I mean, he's just not good. He, he just has not been good. And, yes, his supporting cast in Washington, it could be better. It could be. But, I mean, I've seen I, I, I seen Alex Smith turn this team around. Alex Smith had this team on a four-game winning streak. So it can be done. It, 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 it can be done. And I must admit, I must say, Haskins, this past weekend, this past Sunday versus Seattle, he didn't play too bad. He had some questionable, he had some questionable decisions, but for the most part, he didn't play too bad. It still wasn't. I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed by any mean, but he was the the first four games of the year. He was so bad, where a performance like last Sunday. That that's that's deemed improvement because you were so bad the first four weeks of the season. But then the nerve, your team, your team right now is on the brink of a playoff berth. Your head coach, Ron Rivera, has had to overcome a lot. Not just COVID. Not just trying to turn around this horrible franchise that it that it that it has become in the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years. Not just dealing with your play, but also cancer. Life-threatening. 
you might have heard of before. He's had to done with that. He's he 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 he's just now getting off of chemo. And you decide to go to a strip club? Why? Why? You decide to go to a strip club? With no mask? During a pandemic? And you're and, and not just that. Just remove, and I know it's this is a very serious topic, but remove COVID-19. Remove the fact that you had no mask on. Bro, your team is at the cuffs of a playoff berth. Your team is at the cuffs of a playoff berth. A playoff berth. Do you hear that clearly? Washington, the football team. NFC East, a playoff berth. And, you know, you you just decide, hey, you know what? Yeah, we lost, but I'm, a, I, I'm going to the club. What? What? What is that? And, and, I'm, not, and I'm, I'm not saying you can't have your fun. I'm not saying you can't have your social life. I'm not saying that. But there's there's a time my, my parents always told me there's a time and place for everything. And just think about it. I know this is for, for most of you guys that's listening. This is very hard to think of or imagine. But imagine yourself being a quarterback, an NFL quarterback, and imagine your team depending on you. And imagine your team at the cuffs of a playoff spot, a playoff berth. A playoff berth. And you selfishly decide to go to the club. Imagine yourself. Imagine yourself. Imagine. Imagine that. Think about that. Would you do that? I mean, I mean, if you're if you're your right mind, would you do that? And I'm not saying you gotta be, you gotta be grinding and watching film all day, every day, 24 hours, 24 seven. I'm not saying that. No, like I said, you can have your fun. You can, you can have your social life. I'm not saying none of those things. That's cool. That's all good and gravy, but there's a time and place for everything. And for Dwayne Haskins, for you and your, your you know, go into the club after a loss, COVID protocols, or not following them, um, you, you you tried to sneak a, a you try you you tried to do you 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 already violated COVID protocols protocols with you know trying to sneak in a female. Okay, okay, okay. Then you go to the club on Sunday after the game. Okay, <laughs> boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy. Just not the right, just not the right place, right timing, and he's very lucky because if Wash, because Washington got a quarterback, they have a court, they've had a quarterback on the IR. Um, Alex Smith has a calf injury. What I mean, with that poor Alex Smith, and then Dwayne Haskins. If you, if, if it wasn't for those situations, if it wasn't for that circum, for for your like particular circumstance, you would be cut. You would be cut. You would be cut. You would be cut. You'll be cut. And like I said, the performance this past Sunday versus Seattle 
it wasn't that. I'm like, it, it, it was. It was okay. It was better than the performances from the first four weeks. But that speaks to how bad and how poorly you played the first four weeks. You were you were got off. You had a QBR of thirty, a QBR of thirty. But you know what? I'm a I'm a you know, you guys may think I'm getting too animated, <laughs> but it's just a mere fact, and it's just a mere fact. You know, the young players they're putting the fame before the game. They're putting the fame before the game, and they're forgetting the reason why you have these commercials, the reason why you have these sneakers, the reason why you have these these deals and these endorsement and this huge social media following. It's because you're 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 a great athlete. You are you are a spectacular athlete. That is why. And in order to in order to enhance these things, in order to grow these things, you have to continue to perform at a high level. How do you think LeBron got a lifetime deal at Nike? You think LeBron was just like great for like a couple of years and just, you know, just fell off? No, 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 no. LeBron was great. LeBron's been great since he's in, since he's entered the league and LeBron's going to be continue to be great. I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And shout out to Rob Parker with the stop it. Shout out to Rob Parker. But um, Juju needs to stop the dancing and stop the TikToks, stop the dancing on the team's logos and so forth. And um, 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 and, and, and Dwayne Haskins, get, your, get, get, get straight, bro. Get straight. Get straight. <clears throat> and sorry for that rant, but it had to be done. That rant had to be done, but let's move on to some NFL. I'm a I'm a top this episode off with some NFL talk, and oh well, we we was already talking about the NFL. But I'm a man of my word. I'm gonna talk about Kansas City and, and Mahomes. I'm gonna give you guys my top ten teams. This is how I'm gonna cap off the episode. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, let's get into it. Okay, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. This past Sunday, I, and, and by the way, I'm gonna give you guys my MVP uh, next week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you guys the reason why I think um, I'm gonna give you guys my MVP. I'm not gonna give it away, but let's just keep it, you know, suspenseful. Patrick Mahomes may not be the MVP, but there's no doubt Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football right now. He's the best quarterback in football right now. Um, and that's that that that's I, w- I wouldn't say that hurts me to say it because I love Patrick Mahomes, but Russell Wilson got off to such a hot start. I thought this was Russell Wilson's year to win MVP, you know, kind of simmered off. Okay, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, and for some reason, people are like, Oh, Kansas City, they're the best team, but. The way how they're winning games, it's really on the edge. Patrick Mahomes will not let the Chiefs lose a close game. He just won't. If he has anything to do about it, he will not lose. He would not let the Chiefs lose a, 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 a tight game. By the way, the Chiefs, Kansas City, they've won 21 of their last 22 games. Once again, I reiterate, 
they have won 21 of their last 22 games. So, like I said, he's not going to let them lose. Patrick Mahomes, being he, he's not going to let them lose a close game. In this past week versus New Orleans, uh, Kansas City was favored, um, or they were favored. And the the headlines and storylines going into that game and after that game was oh Drew Brees should he come back? Are the Saints are, are they putting out are they you know bringing out Drew Brees too early? Is he fully healthy? You know couldn't they have saved him for the, a possible Super Bowl rematch? All of that was you know the headlines and and then after the game you know oh Drew Brees did not play well. Oh, Drew Brees. Oh, my God. He, oh, my God. He got killed. They should have played Taysom Hill. They should have did this. They should have did that. Okay, okay, okay. The headline that I was paying, uh, that I was playing close, close attention to was Patrick Mahomes is just a dog. <laughs> He's a beast. <laughs> I mean, this had all the makings for a late season upset. And it wouldn't have been much of an upset because the Saints are a good team. I'm not saying the Saints aren't good. They're they're a really good team. But once again, I, I, I reiterate, Kansas City was favored. And Patrick Mahomes could have easily, Kansas City could have easily lost this game. They were going up against the number one defense, one of the hottest teams in the league, despite losing their quarterback midway. Kansas City was they were down three offensive linemen. Patrick Mahomes was getting pressured all day. I mean, I that was the most that was the most hit I saw Patrick Mahomes get. I mean, in one game, that was that was the most hits I've seen a team, you know, beat up Patrick Mahomes. That was the most that was the most. I mean, San Francisco, they beat him up pretty well, but New Orleans, they were getting after Mahomes. In some way, somehow, Mahomes is able to just not even think about it. It's not, it's it, it, it's like he wasn't even overwhelmed by it. Because usually, what is the, like, usually you can't really stop Greg Court. Like, you really can't stop Mahomes. You really can't stop Russell Wilson. You can't stop Aaron Rodgers. You can't stop Tom Brady. You can't stop Peyton Manning. But usually you hear people say, this is the way to beat them. Usually you hear you hear people say, this is the way you beat Drew Brees. You got to hit him. You got to bring pressure to him. This is how the way you beat Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, all those great quarterbacks that I just named. That is how you beat them. Usually. Tom Brady, how did he lose how, how did he lose 3 Super Bowls? Oh yeah. Those two those two Giants teams, those Giant teams went after him. That front four went after him. Pressured him all day. Philadelphia, last play, last drive of the game. Philadelphia forced a fumble. They got after him. Even for even for the first half of that Atlanta of that um Falcons Super Bowl. Falcons got after him. Sorry, Atlanta fans. Sorry, Falcon fans, that I had to bring it up. Sorry, my bad. They got after him. That you get the gist though. Peyton Man, they got you, you get after him. That didn't bother Patrick Mahomes. That didn't bother him. And and I hear I hear people all the time say, Oh, Patrick Mahomes, he has all of these weapons. You, I mean, you, you he, he should be doing this. Look at these weapons. 
he 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 has all of these weapons at his disposal. Give another quarterback those weapons. See what he does. Okay, that's true. Yeah, he he yes he, he has some really nice pieces. Yes, he does. But it's just certain plays where he makes. It, it's certain plays that Patrick Mahomes make, and you're like, yeah, he has a great supporting cast and he has great weapons, but not a lot of guys can do what he just did. And in the red zone, he had one of those play. I mean, it's all he always has those plays every Sunday. But it, it really stood out to me this past Sunday versus New Orleans in the red zone. I think it was like third and goal. And Mahomes got out the pocket. He was rolling out, I think, left. Um, and, you know, couldn't really find anybody. Couldn't really find anybody. Pressure getting to him. And he rolls out, rolls out, you know, and he just throws it at the back of the end zone. And, Lord and behold, McCole Harmon catches it, and it's a touchdown. That play looked dead, and most quarterbacks would have thrown that ball away um, in that same direction. No, Mahomes threw it in that same direction like he was throwing it away, and it ended up in somebody's hands. He found somebody for a touchdown. It's just certain plays like that where it's like not a lot of guys can make. Also, is there another quarterback in the league right now that you would want on third down more than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, statistically, he's like second in like third down um, percentage. But like, forget the numbers. Third down. What quarterback do you want? What quarterback would you? What, what quarterback would you choose over Patrick Mahomes? He, I mean, I, I he's not the most. He's not like Lamar athletic. He's not, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson elusiveness. He don't have that elusiveness that Deshaun Watson or, or, or Russell Wilson has. But the dude is just amazing. <laughs> and, and I'm sorry. I, I, I know you guys have heard this already, but I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's just the mere fact that he's able to make these plays. And it, it's just you, and you look and you're like, not a lot of guys can make that play. Not a lot of guys can make that play. And it seems like every Kansas City game, it ends the same way. Patrick Mahomes and that offense on the field, they have to get a first down. They're going to do something creative, and he's just a straight-out closer. He is a closer. He's probably the best closer in football. And this is why I think Kansas City is the best team in the league. So let's move on to my top 10 without further ado. My top 10 teams in the NFL right now as we sit. So let's start at the top. At number 10, let's go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they, they're, they, they're coming off um, I, an impressive victory. Um, I do question this team. I still question how consistent they're going to be. They were down 17-0 to a Falcons team. 17 nothing. Now the Falcons are very famous um for creating big leads and gaining big leads and then giving them away. But against playoff teams in January, you cannot play like that. And and that first half was awful by the it was just awful. Their their pass defense was getting shredded and their secondary is the is the key because this Tampa Bay defense, it takes a lot of chances. 
It takes Todd Bowles wants to take a lot of chances. He wants to blitz. Devin White played absolutely ridiculous. Everybody's talking about Tom Brady in the second half he had. Devin White in the fourth quarter that he had, they don't win that game without Devin White and his playmaking ability. So let's get that off the table. But this defense take a lot of risk, and their secondary, it, 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 it got carved up pretty well. I wonder how that fares, but I'm going to have Tampa Bay at 10. At 9, this is going to be a little bit surprising, but I'm going to have the Rams at 9. And I'm very disappointed in the Rams. Uh, I'm very disappointed in the Jets and the Rams. First, the Jets, you can't even lose right. You can't even lose right. Your fans are pissed, and you can't even lose right. But that's neither here nor there. On a serious note, the Rams. The Rams, I saw them as a as a potential Super Bowl contender. But once again, <laughs> once again, it never fails me. It he never fails me. Jared Goff in his tiny hands are <laughs> Jared Goff in his tiny hands. I can I continually have my, my I have my questions about can Jared Goff play turnover free football? Can he play turnover free football? If he can. The Rams will be fine, but he turned over the ball. He didn't play well, and Sean McVay, I know he has to be pissed, but I'm going to still have this Rams team at nine because what they can do defensively, it, 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 could, it could cause problems for a lot of teams. I think just about any any team in the NFC playoff picture, the Rams can cause a lot of problems, with especially what they do on defense. At eight, I'm going to have the Titans. Um, this Titans team, it seems like everybody loves Tennessee. I like Tennessee. I like Mike Rabel. I like Ryan Tannehill. I like, I love Derrick Henry, but their secondary and their inability on defense to get off the field on third down is a crucial problem. And I just don't know. I mean, they could, they, could they win multiple playoff games? Yes, they could. Could they be a, a team that's one and done? Yes, they could because their defense and their secondary is so questionable. Also, they don't have a reliable pass rush. They lack a reliable pass rush. So your secondary is weak. So how how how? So I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. How do you help a struggling secondary get pressure up front? Get pass rushers up front. You have to have some help up front if you have a struggling secondary. So the Titans have a struggling secondary, and they don't have a reliable pass rush. I like this team. I think this team's ceiling could be very high, but they have some personnel issues that they haven't tweaked out, um, and they haven't. They just haven't fixed. Like I said, this is a team that could go as far as the AFC Championship game or be a one-and-done in Wild Card Weekend. At number seven, this is really tough. These next two teams, seven and six, this is really tough. And I was thinking, how would this play out on a, on a, in a playoff game? But at seven, I'm going to have the Dolphins. Um, what they're able to do as far as like man-to-man defense and what Brian Flores does with this defense, it's impressive. They they were A couple weeks ago, they were able to turn over Patrick Mahomes four times. They turned over Patrick Mahomes four times. Once again, I reiterate, Patrick Mahomes came into that Miami game with two interceptions. They turned him over four times. This defense can make quarterbacks very uncomfortable. Um, it reminds me, I, I'm, I, I've said this already, but it reminds me of 
those earlier New England team, those earlier Patriot teams with Bill Belichick and a very, very young Tom Brady. It reminds me of that. And Brian Flores, like I said, Brian, I'm really high on Brian Flores, and he has a lot of Belichick in him, of course. And at number six, and also about the Dolphins, let's see if Tua is able to, like, let's see if he's able to continue turnover-free football. But at six, I'm going to have the Browns. I'm going to give the Browns the slight edge because they look better right now. They look a little bit better right now. Um, Once again, the Browns are very similar to the Titans. They have secondary problems. And everybody says, oh, the Browns got a good defense. No, they have a good front four. They have a good front four. But their secondary is very suspect and questionable. But they're able to run the football. Baker, Baker right now is playing at like he's playing as good as he's ever played in his NFL career. So I give, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Cleveland they're, they're just due. And I'm gonna have them at number six. At number five, I'm gonna have the Seattle Seahawks. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, their defense, it, it's getting better. Their defense is getting better. It's getting better at the right time. I, I believe in Russell Wilson. Um, I want to see if their running backs can stay healthy. If if Seattle, if they have if they have a running game and their defense continues to play at the level they've been playing, Seattle could make a playoff run. They could make they could make a they could make a playoff run, but their defense and their running backs must stay healthy. At number four, I'm gonna have the New Orleans Saints. Um, they can't beat you over the top. They have a really good pass rush, a really good defense. They probably have the best all-around roster in the league. They probably have the best all-around roster in the league. Now, I do question, like I said, I don't I don't care who's the quarterback. It could be Drew Brees. It could be Taysom Hill. It can be Jameis Winston. Can New Orleans go on the road up to Lambeau in late January and win a playoff game? I'm not sure. And that's why I have them at four. <laughs> at number three, I have the Packers. The Packers, um, right now they look they look like the best team in the NFC. I'm gonna give it to them. Everything has to come through Lambeau, and this is what I talked about last week on my Super Bowl bubble, or, or my Super Bowl contender, you know, so forth. This is you have to go through Lambeau. It looks like Green Bay is gonna lock up the number one seed, and everything goes through Lambeau. And I think it's gonna be a tough environment tough place especially with the weather uh for teams to go up there and win now this is going to be like this game this weekend versus the titans this is going to be a good example of can the can the packers stop the running game can the packers get physical this is going to be a good test for the packers but packers at three for now at number two i'm gonna have the the buffalo bills (laughs) I got you. The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills at number two. They're playing some tremendous football over the last month and a half. They've been. They. I mean, they're the hottest team in the league right now. I mean, they've been playing some really good football. Josh Allen. He has thirty-eight total touchdowns to nine interceptions. He's having a phenomenal year. Stephon Diggs is also having a great year himself. Um, that was probably they. That was probably the big. That was probably the best off-season acquisition that was made this off-season, and that was Steph, the Bills getting Stephon Diggs because Stephon Diggs 
not only he's having a great season, but he's made Josh Allen a lot better. And and I, and that's and that's a compliment to Josh Allen. Josh Allen, great quarterback. He's playing some tremendous football. And then last but not least, at number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, <laughs> I was I swear I am not trying to rhyme. <laughs> last but not least, at number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, like I, I told you guys in the previous segment, he's not gonna let this team lose a close game. Um, I don't know how you beat them. You, you, I mean, you, they can come back from 10. They can run the football. They can beat you every which way. They can, I mean, they can beat you every which way. They're, 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 they're so versatile. They can beat you. They can outscore you. They can come back. They can, they can, they can run the football. Like, I mean, what can't this team do? Um, you know, hopefully they get Clyde Edwards, Elair healthy. But um, this, this Kansas City team, they're good. <laughs> they they're a good football team and I have them at number 1. At number 1. Yes. Oh man. So two days away from Christmas. Sorry, just had a sip of my water. Two days away from Christmas. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. <laughs> um also, before I let you guys go, shout out to the, all of the listenership. Shout out to all the DSPs that you guys are listening from. Shout out to Spotify. Shout out to Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Um, all of the DSPs that you Google Podcasts. All of the DSPs that you guys are listening from to access this podcast. Continue to do so. I really, It really do means a lot. Um Merry Christmas to everybody out there listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. I I truly mean it. It means a lot for you guys to support me. Continue to do so. Also, spread the word. Spread this podcast. If you're not subscribed to this podcast, please, please, please do subscribe to this podcast so you can get um, some insightful sports information and sports takes. Um, but I, without further ado, I'm going to let you guys go. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your families. Enjoy Christmas. Um, all, like I told you guys, it's not what it's not like. It's a thought that matters. It's not the actual gift. You, you know, it's a thought that matters. <laughs> it's a thought that matters. I hope you guys enjoy. Enjoy this episode. I enjoyed it as well. But without further ado, I'm going to let you guys go. Always remember two choices, one decision. Peace, deuces. I'm out. <laughs>